okay, let's face it, sometimes you know something is too good to be true. You just know that there's no way you can get something for nothing. There's no way that things come free to you in the mail. There is no way that you're going to get something that should be worth $50 that you get two of for $20. Some things are too good to be true, and that's what we're going to kick off the podcast with this week on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. Uh, I took a week off last week because I'm lazy. No, actually, um, because I was on vacation. Oh, my God. Vacations are the best. We went to uh, North Carolina with my daughter, Beth, and her kids and her husband. And we went to a Yogi Bear campground, which was the biggest campground I've ever been to in my life. It was huge. And they had a splash pad, another splash pad, and a pool, and another pool, and mini golf. And they had bike rides. They even had laser tag, and it was amazing. And I sat around most of the week, and I did almost nothing unless you count carving. I carved a couple of things um, because I like to carve sometimes. I don't know why I sound choked up today. I feel like my throat's a little bit sore. So forgive me for ah, sounding a little bit weird today. Um, but it was an awesome vacation. I hope you have had a great vacation sometime this summer, uh, or maybe you're going to take one, a late summer vacation, uh, at least maybe get up to the cabin or get somewhere, whether you go far away or not that far away. I hope you got away for a little bit this summer. Um, we had a great time. And of course it was another last with Carson. That's his last vacation with the family until we go, um, take him to Boston in about two weeks. So two weeks from this week, we're going to drive him out to Boston and we're going to camp along the way. My daughter Allison's going to go along and we're going to go into his dorm. We're going to set up his dorm. We're going to meet his dorm mates, his roommates. And he's got two roommates, which is great. But um, I think in any group of three, there's almost always one that feels left out. So I told Carson, I said, do not be the one that feels left out. And if you are one of the two that is not left out, don't make your other roommate feel left out. So try to include your other roommate because you don't want to be the one left out and you don't want to be the one that leaves other people out too. So we're going to move in there and then we're going to fly back. So we're going to turn the moving van in and we're going to fly back and boom, that'll be it. Then it'll be the emptiness syndrome for real. That'll be two of us in a house with four bedrooms and it's going to be really weird. And, uh, oh my God, I've got to tell you about this video that I saw online that a friend of mine who is in the same situation, she got a son who's going to Ohio State this year. She lives in Ohio, so he's not going as far away as Boston, but it's the same thing. He's moving out. So she sent me a link to a song by Michael Buble, the video, it's called uh, Forever Now. Holy crap, I was bawling like a baby watching this, and it's a scene during the video of a, of a bare bedroom. And then they move in boxes, they set up a crib, and then you see the room kind of transform itself over the next 18 years from a little kid's room with little kid's furniture to an older kid's room, and it just changes like every few seconds. Things move and change, things change as he sings about how, you know, I'll always protect you, I'll always keep you safe, blah, blah, blah. And at the very end, well, I don't want to spoil the end of the video for you, but watch it. I put a link to it on the um, Facebook page for Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. And it's also on my Dave Ryan blog um, at DaveRyanShow.com, so you can check that out. But wow, Forever Now, or shoot, just go find it on YouTube. It's called Forever Now by Michael Buble. And if you have a kid, whether your kid is a year old 
or 20 years old or 40 years old, this will make you go, oh God, because wow, don't we love our kids? I mean, it's just, I think, one of life's universal things. Don't we love our kids? And if you are lucky, like I was, to have great parents, um, you know, that childhood is always one of your great memories. I hope it was for you, too. But also, when you become a parent, their childhood, oh my God, I'm going to get choked up, becomes one of your great memories, too. So let's change gears so I don't get choked up here and move on to something entirely different. Last weekend, oh my God, well, it has to do with Carson, but it's not so sad. Um, I was talking to Carson a couple of weekends ago. We drove to Duluth, and on the way home, I told you about how I got him talking in the car. If you missed that podcast, go back and listen to the podcast that was right before this one, because I discovered a place where you can get just about anybody to talk, and that's the car, because you're stuck. You're on a long road trip, probably, even if it's like, you know, 10 miles down to Target or whatever. You got them in the car. They're kind of a captive audience, and you don't have to make eye contact if you don't want to. Um, as a matter of fact, if you're driving, please don't make a whole lot of eye contact, maybe a little bit once in a while. Um, and I got him talking by doing that game, the chat pack, which is like, you know, what's what name would you choose if you had to choose a different name? Or if your friends all made a list of one word that describes you, what would be the most common word? And then I got him talking, kind of open up a little bit. And then I said, are you nervous about going to Berkeley? Or he said he was nervous about going to Berkeley. And I said, Carson, you're a musician, you have to go, you have to go follow your dreams. Even if you don't ever make a dime playing music, you have to go. And I hopefully, that gave him a little bit of confidence because he's got to go to Berkeley. I mean, if he doesn't go to Berkeley, he will wonder the rest of his life what would have happened if he did. So that inspired this email to Dave Ryan um, at kwb.com from Abby Larson. Abby writes... Dave, I just listened to your latest podcast and had to tell you how much I appreciated hearing what you said about going after your dreams and having no regrets. I've always loved to write, and after changing my major a few times in college, I finally decided to go after my dream and study English. I graduated last year, and I've been working for a local magazine as a writer, and while that's been a dream come true, my true passion is editing. I've always wanted to start my own editing business and try my hand at freelancing, but now that I'm out of school and actually have the means to do so, I'm stuck feeling like I don't have nearly enough experience to be good at it and like I'll be beaten out by other editors that have been in the business for decades. After months and months of research and going back and forth on whether I should actually do it, I finally took the leap and started setting up my website last night. I think a big reason why I didn't dive in immediately was that I had romanticized the idea of having my own business, setting my own hours, and taking the jobs I wanted, and I was afraid that if I didn't succeed, I would no longer have that dream to look forward to and wouldn't know where to go from there. Wow, we're going to come back to that. That's really a, a great observation, Abby. Uh, after listening to your podcast, I feel so much better, and I'm excited to continue developing my website and hopefully building the business and career I've always dreamed of having. Thank you so much for all you do. been listening to you, Stephen Fallon, for years. It's always a treat to tune on the radio or tune into the podcast and hear you guys every day. You guys make hard days easier and the good days even better. Thank you, and have a great week. Abby, that is such a nice email, but I'm going to go back to what you said. You realized that... You romanticize the idea of having your own business, and you were afraid that if you wouldn't succeed, you would no longer have that dream to look forward to. Wow. Isn't that amazing and so insightful? I don't know that I've ever thought about that, and that is the main reason that I do this podcast every week, is to learn 
things about life, big and small, from not just me. I certainly don't have all the answers, um, but a lot of people have experiences that they have learned from, and I think that's really insightful, Abby. Think about that. If you dream of a relationship, you re- maybe you're single and you dream of having a relationship, but you want an ideal relationship of, you know, the romance and, you know, long walks and talking and holding hands while you watch movies and making each other laugh and amazing sex and all of that stuff. But if you go for this guy or this girl or this partner or that partner, they might not offer all of that. What if it, what if you go for that and it turns out they're kind of a dud? So maybe it's better to keep that as a dream instead. Would that be a reason, possibly, why some people don't want to get into a relationship when you know that they're attractive, even if they're not attractive? There are plenty of people who are not attractive that are in very happy relationships. Or maybe they think that, well, I don't have much to offer, or I'm too old, or I'm too big, or I'm too short, or I'm too tall, or whatever it is that makes you think, you know what, maybe it's better kept a fantasy. I think that's a really interesting observation. Maybe you think that you should become a teacher or maybe you think you should become a professional trapeze artist and you're going, maybe it's left better as a fantasy because what if I do it and fail? Then I'll know that I don't have that fantasy anymore. Wow. Abby, uh, uh, if I had a free hand, I'd give you a round of applause, but I'm holding a microphone in my left hand and gesturing wildly with my right hand right now. So, But Abby, thank you so much for that email. I appreciate it. Send any emails or thoughts on your um, the experience with taking a chance and seeing it work out um, to me, to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. I'd love to read your email next week. Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. It was, check this out, this reminds me, it was 35 years ago today, an impossibly long time ago, that I got on an airplane and flew from Colorado Springs to see my brother who lived in Ventura, California. Um, my bro- brother Carl lived out there, and I called him and I said, can I come out and visit you? And he's like, uh, yeah, I suppose. Okay, for how long? Um, I said, I'm coming for a week. Well, it was a really cool trip, but on the way home, I made a side little stop that changed my life forever and kind of ties in with the taking a chance. I was doing um, the night show in Colorado Springs, and I was 21 years old, and I wanted to do a morning show. And I was applying at different places around you know, the country, and there was one little town that was like 10,000 people, and the, the boss called me and said, I appreciate you applying, but you're 21 years old. You don't want to work here. This is not the place for you. I said, okay, well, thank you very much. I applied at a job in, in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And I drove up there from Colorado Springs, and I interviewed, and I talked to the boss, and I just realized it was just not the right fun atmosphere. I would have been working with a guy who was you know, old and not very funny, and he was kind of stiff, and it was just not the right atmosphere. Um, I got a job offer in Sioux Falls, and uh, that would have been a decent job to go to, but I turned it down because I really had my sights set in Las Vegas. So on the trip home, a week later, I stopped in Las Vegas, and I had a job interview that changed my life. I love the radio station. I love the people. I love the city. Las Vegas was so cool to me. I didn't know a soul there. I'd never been there in my life. But I took the job that day. So it was 35 years ago exactly that I flew to visit my brother. But one week later, on August 18th, I on the way home, I flew to Las Vegas. 
and I took the job and I flew home to tell my friends and family, I'm moving to Las Vegas. Now, how does that tie in with Abby's uh, statement? You got to take a chance. You got to go after your dreams. You have to do what you want to do or you'll spend the rest of your life wondering what happened, what, what would have happened. Or you can not do it and keep it as a safe dream there in your pocket to kind of fantasize about, or you can actually try to make it happen. So, and that, that changed my life. And I hope that you have something in, in, you know, in front of you that if you take that chance, it can change your life. And remember, what's the worst that can happen? You can fail and try again, but you'll never regret trying in the first place. Okay, enough on that one. Uh, okay, so we're going to move on to, we always do something about the book, uh, chapter 77. And I thought about this this weekend. It's not a chapter that we've talked about a lot, even though we've probably mentioned this before. And if you read the book, you might remember this one. It's one of my favorite chapters. And I'm going to open up the book right now, and here we go. Again, I need three hands. Chapter 77, it starts with an adorable picture of a dolphin crying while he watches people play with a beach ball in the background. Uh, It is called Forget Dolphins, Swim With Your Kids. And here we go. If you're a parent, you'll understand that I like to think of myself as a cool parent. When my daughter was 13, she wanted to learn how to snowboard, so we took lessons together. I could have stayed in the warm lodge sipping a domestic bottled beer and reading people. Nope, I was out there with her, tumbling uncontrollably down the hill, muttering obscenities and getting big bruises, and we loved every minute of it. We still snowboard together today. If the snowboarding example doesn't work for you, let's use swimming. Go to any public pool, and you'll see moms and dads sitting poolside, nodding without looking up from their phones as their kids scream, Look at Mommy, look it! When you go to the pool with your kids, get in and swim with them. When you go to the amusement park, go on rides with them. Your kids would much rather have memories of playing Marco Polo and going on roller coasters together than the memory of being in the pool and yelling, Mom, watch this. And I was on vacation this past week, and I noticed that, and it came to mind again. I wanted to point that out to you Um, because we went to the the little splash pool, and it had the world's biggest bucket of water, which would fill up and tip over, and everybody got underneath it. It was just the coolest thing ever. Um, if you go on the Dave Ryan in the Morning Show Facebook page and scroll down, you can actually see a Facebook Live where I show this enormous bucket of water, and it was just really, really cool. So I was drawn to it, whether the kids were going to go or not. But I went down the water slides. I squirted the kids with hoses. They squirted me with hoses, and it was a whole lot of fun. Um, we a couple of days later, we went to those one of those big, giant, inflatable jump pads. It's about the size. It's about the thickness of a bed. But it's big. It's like it's the size of like half of a basketball court. And it's a big jump pad. And my daughter's daughter, um, uh, Kelsey, she said, let's go. You're going to go on it, too. And I said, nah, I don't. And she said, yeah. And so without thinking about it too much, because I was like, oh, my God. I'm not going to be the, the the grandpa that sits on the bench and like takes pictures. I said, screw that. I want her to laugh and giggle and have fun because I'm on there too. So I got on the damn thing and I jumped around and Carson was on it and he was laughing and he was pushing at me and he was trying to bounce me higher. And I have a picture on my blog page of me in midair and I'm having the time of my life and getting winded as hell. And I'm really happy that I did it for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'll never regret doing it. I would possibly regret 
not doing it, but I'll never regret getting on. Only if I had broken my neck would I have regret or, or collarbone would I have regretted getting on the uh, the jump pad. So again, I go back to that. When you're in Wisconsin, when you're in Wisconsin Dells, or when you're in Keystone, South Dakota, and you go to the Alpine Slide, go to get on the slide with your kids. When you go to Valley Fair, get on any ride you can with your kids. You know this by now. We've talked about this. So forget about swimming with the dolphins. Swim with your kids. Don't sit there on a bench playing on your phone. That creates no memories for you. And not a very good memory for your kid. So I really like that one a lot. Um, okay, so moving on again to something different here. When we first opened, I first talked about the podcast this week, I said, you got to realize that some things just are too good to be true. Um, <laughs> I, I love gadgets. I wrote a blog about this. There's a lot of things I'm talking about that are on my blog this week. Um, I love gadgets. I love gizmos. I love little electronics. I love... Anything from uh, like, I don't know, I was one of the first people that, well, not one of the first, but when they first came out, I had to get a digital voice recorder back before it was possible to use your phone. And I used it for notes and I used it for little memos and I'd have a show idea and I'd pull it out of my, like I carried a briefcase or a bag back then. I'd pull it out and say, here's an idea for XYZ. Um, so I love that. And I love like the digital personal assistance. And when there was BlackBerry first came out, I thought that was really cool. I used to have a Palm Pilot. Remember Palm Pilots? Anyway, I saw this online. I talked about it on the radio. It's a ring that's also a clock or a watch. And it's really cool. It's got a row for the hour that lights up the hour. Let's say 12. Then it's got a row for the minutes. And it's got a little blinky thing for the seconds. And it shows it sitting on a charging stand, lit up, and it's like, oh, wow, that's cool. Got to have one of those. So I ordered one, and when I ordered it, it said, you're going to get two, and it's only $19. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. Well, it seems cheap, but it's got a little charging stand that looks like a little tiny plate, and you put it on there. And it charges up all night. The next morning, you got this really cool conversation piece and a little really cool little piece of tech. And it just looked really cool. Well, I got it in the mail when I was on vacation. And I'm going to put a picture of this also on the Facebook page for Take a Shower. Um, because what a laughable disappointment when I got it. Yes, it looks just like that ring, but it doesn't light up. It's not electric. It's not electronic. It's not digital. It's just a ring that has the digits on it. And I'm holding it right now. And I'm looking at it and saying, you know, I guess when you look at that, you could know right away that it's not electronic. There's nothing, there's not thick enough or heavy enough to be electronic. And I don't even know whether that ring is possible, honestly. But I'll show it to you. Go to the Facebook page. So anyway, um, things can, some things seem too good to be true. And, and in this case, it absolutely was. When I saw that this ring that should have cost probably $30, maybe $50, that I could get two of them for 20 bucks, I should have said, eh, something's wrong. The good news is um, I didn't spend a lot of money on it, and Fallon will be able to give me shit about it constantly for the next week or so. Um, and I'll probably wear it in tomorrow just so she can laugh at me about it. Hey, you know what? We'll have a good laugh over this. Um, it was kind of like a couple of weeks ago. This was weird too. I told this story on the radio, but I don't know that I told you on the podcast. I'll make it quick. Uh, we got a package in the mail and it was from 
a manufacturer in Texas, and it's called a bed fan or a B fan, I think is what it's called. And basically, it's a fan that sits by your bed, and it's got a tube that blows cool air under the covers. So you put it kind of beside the bed, and then you aim it up under the cover so it blows cool air or just air into the bed while you sleep. And I guess people really love it. Well, I got it, and I'm like, I didn't order this. So I called the manufacturer, and the actual guy who owns the company answered the phone. It was the craziest thing ever. And I said, I got this. I didn't order it. I didn't pay for it. What's the story? He goes, that's really weird. Let me check into it. He checked into it. Long story short, somebody ordered it on eBay and had it sent to my house. They paid for it, not with my credit card or Susan's credit card, but with their own credit card or another credit card that was possibly stolen. So the guy called back and he said, somebody sent it to you. I don't know. I asked eBay about it. eBay said it's possibly a scam where somebody will order something with a stolen credit card and try to steal it off your porch, or they'll have it rerouted during shipping and send it to a, a, somebody else's house or something. But but I um, got an email from somebody from Best Buy, and they work in like the fraud department. They said it's absolutely a scam, so be careful. So when we were on vacation, I got a letter from a woman who says, hey, I order these things off eBay for my customers, and I think I accidentally sent a package to your address, which I must have had because you must have ordered something from me. And it was a form letter, and it had Susan's name typed at the top. And um, she said, hey, if you can just, I'll send you some shipping labels. If you can send it to me, I'll even send you a couple of gift cards for your trouble. And I said, Susan, throw that letter away. I said, don't answer it. Don't acknowledge it. Don't do anything. If she made that big of a mistake, that's her problem. If it's not a mistake and it's a scam, don't get any more involved in it. Don't don't send anything. Don't mail anything. Don't answer anything. Just don't. So uh, I don't know. It's just like you got to be really careful. You know what? You don't know what kind of elaborate schemes people are, are going to try to pull on you. Okay. So an interesting thing going on all over Twitter this weekend. Now, again, I try to keep things on the podcast not so topical. And by topical, I mean if I talk about something that's newsworthy today, August 11th of 2019, then if you listen to it in a month, it'll be like, well, that sounds dumb. Why are they talking about something that happened so long ago? So, But this weekend, I want to talk about something that, that has been all over Twitter, and I think there's a lesson in it, too. And... Uh, um, let me find it for you. It is the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing about how he committed suicide. Now, you know Jeffrey Epstein. I'm sure you've been hearing the name and following the news a little bit. He's the guy who was like an alleged child prostitution ringleader, and supposedly he had all these powerful men come to his sex parties on this island, and he would fly in underage girls, and Prince Albert is pictured like at one of these parties with his arm around a girl that looks way too young and he's touching her bare side because she's wearing like a, you know, like a tank top or whatever. Tank top, not a tank top. A crop top, maybe is what they call him. Um, and it just looks really creepy. And so supposedly this guy, Jeffrey Epstein, um, was arrested and he knows all the names. He knows where all the bodies are buried. He knows whether the Clintons were there, whether Donald Trump was there, whether all these rich people were there, whatever. And so they arrested him, and he killed himself in his jail cell, prison cell, cell over the weekend, like on Friday or whatever. And so now, um, and he was on a suicide watch, 
and he was, you know, closely guarded, etc. So now social media and the Twitterverse is going crazy with the conspiracy theories and people are posting memes about how the Clintons had them kill, had him killed. And then there's a big long list. And I'll get to that in a second of people that the Clintons supposedly had killed. Um, and that's the reason that I bring this up because there is a point there and I hope I don't forget to make it. But basically let me read some of the tweets that people are saying about the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing. Uh, okay. Let me find a good one. Um, not to be that guy, but there seriously is so much corruption in this country going on behind the scenes. We have no idea. This Epstein, Epstein suicide cover-up shit is just the tip of the iceberg, a rare view into a dark underworld that is visible only to the privileged powerful. Now, that's a great conspiracy theory, but I don't know whether that's true. I'll just scroll down randomly here to another one. When they say you're insane for believing in conspiracy, think of this. One, cameras did not capture Epstein's death. They get, I guess the cameras glitched out when it happened. Two, cellmate moved out of his cell prior to his death. C, Epstein taken off suicide watch. Uh, uh, or, um, okay, next one. Guards did not check on him. Hashtag Epstein suicide cover up. Uh, another one. Uh, let me find one. Hold on. Um, Jeffrey Epstein was being held in the same prison that held the 1993 World Trade Center bomber and El Chapo. It's supposed to be tougher security than Guantanamo Bay. Then they show the corpse, and they say the corpse doesn't even look like him. Okay. Um, uh, another one says, this isn't conspiracy. It's blatant, all up in your face, corruption in full view. Okay, now the reason I bring this up, I am not a conspiracy theory person at all, because conspiracies for the most part don't make sense. They don't for two reasons. Um, number one, for a conspiracy to work, nobody would blow the lid off of it. For the example, the moon landing conspiracy, that means of all the thousands of men and women who worked so hard on it to fake it, one of them would have come up over the last 50 years and said, you know what? I got to be honest with you. It was all bullshit. It was done on a soundstage somewhere. We never went to the moon. That never happened. So you would have to have all of these people in on the conspiracy and never talk. The other reason the conspiracies don't really hold water for me is um, what they, is there's a, a philosophy called Occam's Razor. And it says, basically, if you're given a situation, the simplest explanation for it is usually the truth. So the simplest explanation for Jeffrey Epstein's death or suicide is that he actually killed himself. So there would have to be all these people behind the scenes that agreed to, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to keep it quiet. I know that we're doing something really, really sketchy and highly illegal that could land us in prison too if any of us decides to talk, but let's go ahead and do it anyway. Promise? You're not going to tell, are you? Promise? Okay. Um, so I don't believe in conspiracy theories. The whole, I mean, I know people that believe in the, um, um, chemtrails when you see a plane fly over at a high altitude and you see a trail, a vapor trail behind it. Yeah. Those have been around ever since like, you know, aircraft were hot enough to heat the air around them. Just like if you take something really hot like water and take it outside in the cold, 
it'll create steam. If you take a cup of hot coffee outside on a really cold day and open it up, yeah, steam will come out of there. The air at 40,000 feet or 35,000 feet is really freaking cold, like 30, 40, 60 below zero. So you're heating it up with a hot aircraft engine, of course it's going to produce steam. But there are people who believe that's the government spraying chemicals to provide to, to, give, us, to give us cancer. Um, uh, so anyway, not to get on the, I should do a whole podcast on debunking conspiracy theories, but I'll bet that's already been done. Anyway, uh, if there were such a thing as chemtrails, all of these people would have to know about it to make the chemicals, to load them in the plane, to fly the plane, to push the button that disperses the chemicals and not tell anybody about it. The cure for cancer is another big conspiracy that, oh yeah, big pharma, big pharma knows the cure for cancer, but they don't want to release it because they make too much money off of treatment. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. That means that a company could be the most benevolent, wonderful company in the world or individual and cure cancer and and their name would go down in history um, and they would save their own children, their own wives, their own husband, their own parents, but they don't want to do it so they can keep getting rich. It doesn't hold water. Plus, you know, it's junk science again because there is not just one kind of cancer. That's one of the reasons why they have such a problem curing cancer is Cancer is kind of an umbrella that fits over all of these different kinds of cancers that people get. So in other words, throat cancer is different than leukemia. Brain cancer is different than breast cancer. So you can't just say, oh, well, here's a cure for breast cancer. That must mean we have a cure for cancer. So back to conspiracy theories. The reason, oh boy, I'm making a big circle on this one. This may be my most rambling podcast ever. But, um, so the reason I bring this up is because after JFK was shot, all these people said, oh, well, there's a conspiracy. He was not shot by one person. He was shot by a big Cuban cover-up or a CIA cover-up or a Secret Service cover-up or President Johnson had him shot or God knows the mafia, whoever else had him shot, and it's a cover-up. And they point to all of these people who died under somewhat mysterious circumstances after it happened. Well, um, people that aren't junk scientists actually looked at this and they said, no, turns out that a lot of these were not unexplained deaths at all. This is somebody who had been sick. This is somebody who was an alcoholic. This is somebody who had cancer. Yes, they died. Or yes, they committed suicide. Or yes, they got into a car accident, but it's not out of the norm for a group of, you know, a thousand people to have 100 of them die in 20 or 30 years. So anyway, so... When you hear things about like Jeffrey Epstein, you know, just just don't because we don't know. And I love the conspiracy theories. They're fun to read, but we just don't know. Okay, I'm going to wrap up here because I'm like I said, I'm kind of rambling. Um, okay, the book, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time and Don't Steal Anything is the printed version of what we basically do here on the podcast every week. And that is basically, I share some life lessons that I've either learned myself in a very painful way through experience, or I've watched other people learn them. And it's called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Any Thanks of Your Day. Murder Monday is awesome. And then, of course, Jenny and Tina have a much younger viewpoint uh, on their podcast of uh, their life on Too Lame for Radio. There's so many great podcasts. And again, thank you for checking out my podcast. And again, um, 
the Facebook page. Just type in, take a shower, show up on time. It'll start to autofill in. And any email, I'd love to hear from your email sparks so many ideas. And I love it whether you've written before, whether you've never written before, whether you think you shouldn't write, whether you think that, you know, maybe it's a waste of time. I look at every single email. And I'll be honest with you, almost every email makes it to the podcast. So send me an email to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next time here on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Thank you.